morning, and welcome to the 437th episode of Travel Witch Radio. I'm your host, Dan Schlossberg, along with my friend and co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee, and this is the 10th season of Travel Witch Radio, the show that lets you enjoy the pleasures of travel from the comfort of your armchair. Every week at this time, we talk to people representing destinations, hotels, airlines, railroads, car rental companies, and others in the world of travel and hospitality, from authors and bloggers to broadcasters and publicists. If it's got anything to do with travel, it's got everything to do with Travel Itch Radio. And our honored guest tonight from the new National Museum of the United States Army are Susan Smullen, Public Affairs Officer, and Jamie Eubens, Assistant Vice President of the Museum Operations and Marketing. Welcome to Travel Itch Radio. Thank you. Glad to have you. First of all, please tell our listeners what the museum is and where it is. Oh, hi, Dan. This is Susan, and I can tell you that the National Museum of the United States Army um, is in Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., and down the road from um, George Washington's home, Mount Vernon. Well, how did it get started, and when did it open? I know you had a COVID delay last year. Yes, we sure did, but the National Museum um, began construction in March of 2017, and then the museum opened November 11, 2020, almost a year ago from today. Uh, but we closed temporarily in mid-December of 2020 due to COVID. I'm happy to say we reopened in June of 2021, and we've been open every day since. I heard you have more than 1,300 artifacts, and some of them are pretty big, like a Black Hawk helicopter, a Higgins boat used in the D-Day landing, and an actual tank. Since the museum is owned and operated by the U.S. Army, did it provide the artifacts that are on display? Well, thanks, Mary Ellen. You are right. The museum has an incredible selection of artifacts on display. Most of these artifacts were already in the Army's um, central collection, but some were purchased specifically for this museum. Um, although the artifacts are impressive on its own, it's important to point out that we tell the Army's story at the National Museum through soldier stories. So every artifact that's on display is actually connected back to an individual soldier story, a story of that soldier in that moment of time and connected to that artifact. How did you get some of those huge artifacts into the museum? I have to admit it was pretty impressive. Um, the first four um, macro artifacts or large artifacts were actually put in place by Crane in August of 2017, so even before the walls of the museum were constructed. I have to say it was pretty amazing to see a Bradley fighting vehicle suspended in midair by a crane, you know, being placed precisely on its concrete slab in the footprint of the future museum. <laughs> We're talking with Susan Smullins and Jamie Hubens of the National Museum of the United States Army. With so much to cover, does the U.S. Army Museum deploy exhibits in chronological order? such as Revolutionary War, Civil War, the two world wars, Korea and Vietnam? So, Dan, the Fighting for the Nation galleries cover the historic timeline of the U.S. Army, the history from founding of our nation to today. But we have additional galleries that share other storylines and special topics, including two rotating galleries. 
Do you cover the Cold War II and how the world changed as a result? Absolutely. We most certainly include the Army's Cold War story. Um, the Cold War Gallery includes content from, of soldiers' stories from Korean War, Vietnam War, and also the um, general defense plan in Europe. How did you handle 9-11 when a hijacked plane crashed into the Pentagon? I'm glad you're asking about that because we approach the 9-11 story um, in, from the Army's perspective. So we don't tell the complete story of 9-11. We focus more on the impact of that day and those attacks um, on the U.S. Army, how it redefined the enemy, and how the Army responded. We also display artifacts from the attack on the Pentagon to help tell that story. Does the Army Museum cover the Army and pop culture, such as TV and movies? I was a huge fan of the show Army Wives, and I've also seen a lot of war movies. Yes, we do actually include items from pop culture. Um, and a specific example is that in our Army and Society Gallery, um, we have an early G.I. Joe figure and also, interestingly, an Academy Award from the Army field, the film The Seeds of Destiny. Wow. Now, with Veterans Day a week away, are you planning anything special? Please tell us about some of the special events that listeners should know about. Yes, Mary Ellen, this is Jamie. Veterans Day this year is special. As Susan mentioned, it's the anniversary of the museum's opening. But I like to always say every day at the National Army Museum is Veterans Day. Uh, on yeah. Veterans Day this year, we will be doing a selection of special activities and programs inside the museum. And on the exterior of the property, we'll be highlighting some of our recognition areas along our entrance where our commemorative bricks and our unit tributes can be found. I think we may talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit more later. But on site for Veterans Day, we'll have some family friendly activities. Uh, for example, you can create a special message to a veteran with a custom greeting card. Mm -hmm. And we'll have some educational activities as well. Uh, for example, our history talk that'll recognize veterans and their military service from past and present. And the museum has great attractions uh, on site that'll feature special pricing. So we'll have discounts in the museum cafe and our retail store for veterans. <laughs> And we have an Army Action Center, which is one of the paid attractions at the museum. Admission to the museum is free, but our Action Center is our simulator and virtual reality experience, and we'll have discounted bundles on Veterans Day for our guests. So we're excited to welcome everybody on November 11th, and if they can't make it on Veterans Day, any day we welcome their visit and make it special for veterans and their families. That's so nice. We're talking with Susan Smullen and Jamie Hubins of the National Museum of the United States Army. And as a veteran myself, is admission free for veterans on Veterans Day? The museum is admission free every day to everyone. Uh, we do require a timed entry ticket, which you can make a reservation online. It's pretty easy off of the museum's website. But the museum is free to the public. Parking is free as well. And there's a few paid attractions, like I mentioned, in that Army Action Center. Um, but we're happy to share this as a, a free public offering. Okay. How much time should visitors allow to tour the National Army Museum? Yeah, that's a great question. So we recommend uh, that the visitor plans at least three hours for their visit. That allows a lot of time for them to explore the galleries and the multiple levels of the museum. 
But as I mentioned, with the great food and the shopping on site, we often find that visitors just make an entire day of it, and it definitely gives reason for a repeat visit. Do you have theaters and interactive exhibits appropriate for viewers of all ages? Yes, it's actually one of my favorite parts to the museum. As a new museum, we had the advantage, of course, of offering a variety of ways to experience the museum with new technologies in mind. So our galleries include theaters, touchscreen interactives, audio-visual features, and you know the traditional tr text panels where you can customize your experience based on your visitor and learning style. So there, it offers a lot of different ways to engage and, and kind of digest content in your own way. Are some of the exhibits on a rotating basis or are they all permanently displayed? Susan, do you want to field this one? Sure. We do have um, exhibits that are part of our more of our more permanent display, and then we have a few galleries that are rotating content. So we have a, a rotating exhibit um, that we have opened up with the Nisei Soldier Experience that tells the story of the Japanese American soldier in World War II, and then we have a special exhibition gallery that opened with an Army art exhibit. It's called the Art of Soldiering and it is art either created by soldiers or about everyday soldier life. I have to tell you where that question came from. The Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, I'm a huge baseball fan, they told me that only 1% of everything they have to display is on view at any particular time. In other words, 99% is archived. Sure. Okay, moving on. The museum already has won talking about the Army Museum now, has already, already won multiple awards for architecture. Would you tell our listeners what features make the museum stand out? Sure, Dan, I'll field this one. This is Jamie. I personally find that walking up to the museum on the exterior is, is really captivating and somewhat unexpected um, for a visitor who hasn't been on the property before. The entrance is lined with those commemorative bricks and those unit tributes that I mentioned before. And the design in general is, is what I like to say simplistic but sharp. And in a unique way, the actual building evokes the principles of the Army. It's disciplined and it's modest in its design and in the visual display. Uh, the building itself is made of these stainless steel panels and it allows reflections to be cast on the facade of the building. It's really exciting and it's really interesting to see how visitors react to that piece of the architecture. It's just beautiful how transforming the character of the building is through every season and time of day. Uh, the sunrises and the sunsets, they're just really special. So that's definitely an architecture feature that stands out. Um, and then quickly in, inside the museum, in the lobby itself, that's a really memorable first impression that I find. It represents uh, several symbolic features and it's designed to allow for flexibility. So during the day, it's, it's our lobby and main entrance, and then after, after events, after hours, you can use it for a special event venue. The lobby has a design feature, uh, just quickly to mention, a coppered ceiling, and it has these laminated glass panels that match the campaign streamers of the Army's past. That's a really uh, unique architectural accent that brings not only the focus to history, but then it ties back to that individual soldier theme. So does the museum include stories of soldiers who are Medal of Honor winners? 
Hi, this is Susan. So I'll say yes, in fact, we have a special gallery dedicated to that storyline. It's the Medal of Honor experience. Um, in that gallery, we explain the Medal of Honor award. And in keeping with our soldier story theme, we also share stories of a few of the Medal of Honor recipients. Um, one interactive feature in that gallery also invites visitors to learn more about the stories surrounding the events um, of that soldier day. And at the and at the point where the soldier had a decision to make in, those, in his actions, uh, the visitor is asked, now what would you do? And is given a choice of, you know, like multiple choice of the next actions that they might take. And after you make your selection, that interactive continues along with that soldier story, and you ultimately learn if you made the choice that the soldier did on the day that he was awarded the nation's highest award for valor. Can you tell us more about the Soldier's Stories Gallery in the Army Museum? Sure. So the, the Soldier's Stories Gallery is, is very unique and kind of goes to um, a little bit of what Jamie was talking about in that whole entrance experience for the visitor. So the Soldier's Stories Gallery actually begins outside. Visitors are greeted by a row of eight-foot um, tall stainless steel pylons. And each one of these pylons has um, a larger-than-life etched image of a soldier's face and then a little information about that soldier in the era in which they served. Um, these pylons continue along the visitor's path and entryway into the museum, almost escorting the visitor into the museum. And once they're through the lobby and the visitor takes a turn into our galleries, they see a formation of more than 40 of these soldier story pylons. So these are uh, stories of ordinary soldiers from all walks of life and eras who did extraordinary things. I want to tell our listeners, you're listening to Travel Witch Radio with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent-Lee. We're on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and Facebook. So check us out and enjoy Travel Witch Radio. And tonight our guests are Susan Smellen and Jamie Eubens, of the National Museum of the United States Army. As an Army veteran myself, I'd like to hear what's behind your path of remembrance and other ways you honor soldiers at the museum. Yes, Dan, this is Jamie again. I, I know I mentioned it earlier when I was referencing the exterior. So that path of remembrance is a part of our commemorative brick program that lines that entryway to the museum. It sets the stage um, that tells the story of the Army in the story of soldiers. So it's a, it's a great way to support the museum while having a lasting tribute literally on the grounds in, in the form of a brick. That path also includes, I should mention, our unit tribute plaques. And they're highly customizable, they're colorful along that path, and they can include a unit insignia. And those are pretty unique and, and a, a big crowd pleaser with our veteran community. Um, the unit tributes and the commemorative bricks we find are also a really great gift idea. The bricks themselves also come in these miniature replicas, and those can be a great way to kind of uh, offer a memento along with the brick that's installed or on site. And um, the foundation that supports the museum, you can visit their website at armyhistory.org, and you can explore their ways to give section. Dan, there you can find all the ways to get involved. That includes the bricks and the unit tributes that I mentioned. And then we also cover tree and bench sponsorships and our other giving and membership programs. There's a lot of ways to engage at different, different levels and interests. 
That is brilliant. And now that we're into the third decade of the 21st century, how big a role does technology play in telling the story of the U.S. Army? Mary Ellen, this is Susan. I can tell you that technology is a huge component for our museum. Um, we have touchscreen interactives and audiovisual features in every gallery, um, many of which those video features also have motion sensors. So they're detecting when a visitor is in, has entered that space and it triggers the beginning of the, um, the video. But also there's an incredible amount of technology behind the scenes um, to support the museum's operations, from our programmed lighting, show control, special event amenities, security, and even a top-of-the-line air filtration system, which is critical to the health and safety not only of our artifacts, but a, an additional benefit in this era for our visitors. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the themes addressed by your Army and Society Gallery? You know, the Army and Society Gallery is one of my favorites. It's, it's the unexpected gallery, I think, at the National Army Museum. Of course, people expect that historical timeline that we talked about. But this gallery is dedicated to how the U.S. Army influenced society and also how society has influenced the Army over time. Mm. So in this gallery, we talk about societal change, um, things like segregation and roles for women in the Army. But we also share artifacts and stories of Army inventions and innovations that have influenced our everyday life, like the computer, cell phones, manned flight, and medical advancements. All of those are stories that have had origins in the Army. I also type to talk about like one of the examples that we have in there is a Sikorsky helicopter that's on display. But it's in, in that gallery versus being in the World War II gallery because the story that it's supporting is how, one, the Army recognized the importance of bringing rotary aircraft into a military mission. But two, a soldier, going back to that soldier story, a soldier innovated the use of that helicopter when he recognized during World War II that he could get injured soldiers to medical attention more quickly. And that has now become an everyday occurrence in our lives, which is medevac. Sure, sure. Can you tell us also about your experiential learning center? This is another, I, I know I have favorites, so I, <laughs> but the, um, what's exciting is the Experiential Learning Center is another thing that really sets us apart from um, the National Service Museums and also most of the museums in the National Capital Region um, in that we are a history museum that has space de- uh, dedicated to education. So the Experiential Learning Center is a really cool interactive learning space. There are five interactive stations that explore the G-STEM skills. So that's geography, science, technology, engineering, and math. These are skills that soldiers use every day in the Army um, to help them build bridges, um, use maps, um, make cargo drops, and then also in Army medicine. So these activity stations are also offer their interactive activities at the beginner, intermediate, and advanced levels. So what's terrific about this space is that I guarantee um, visitors of all ages will find something that um, they can, one, share together for a family or corporate team building or professional development um, and find an activity level that's challenging for them regardless of their aptitude when they walk in. 
please tell us about the Army Theater and how it is being used. Is it for films, lectures, live shows, or some combination of all of them? And what's the seating capacity there? Sure, Dan. This is Jamie again. So a reminder that for our Army Theater, um, that is part of the free general admission ticket. And that feature film in the Army Theater explores what it means to be an American soldier. So it carries on that museum theme in that theater experience. It's, it's shown in a really cool immersive experience. The theater has a 300-degree screen, and it's immersive uh, experience where, like, for example, a helicopter flies across the screen, and you feel a little wind when the tank rolls by you and rumble under your feet. Um, so the theater is a great way to start off your museum experience or even uh, weave it into the middle or the end. Um, the theater capacity, I, I, it's 127, and of course with COVID uh, restrictions and protocol, um, we're roughly about 90 with spaced seating. So we have plenty of room, um, and that shows multiple times throughout the day in the museum. So it's really easy to find a, a seat. And again, since it's free, it's nice to um, have that be an easy way to add to your itinerary. Okay. Well, I always say if it's free, it's for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. There you go, Dan. I'll <laughs> save you a seat. <laughs> Sounds good. We're talking with Susan Smullen and Jamie Eubens of the National Museum of the United States Army. Tell us what the operating schedule of the museum is and how much tickets cost. And also, is it true that you're utilizing a system with time tickets? We are, and I, I know I've mentioned it a few times, so admission is free to the museum, and our hours are 9 to 5, uh, seven days a week. And um, in our case, the time tickets help us assist with the number of visitors that are arriving in the museum at a time. So we can really customize and cater to uh, a, a positive visitor experience, especially now as well with, with COVID precautions. It allows us to really ensure you have a quality uh, visit. And they're easy to reserve on the museum's website. Uh, availability is, is, is usually ample. And like I said before, parking is also free on site. So that's always great outside the DC area. That can, that can be an added value when you're venturing out for a trip to a museum. That's a huge value. And on your 84-acre campus, is there room for future expansion? And do you have plans to add anything new in the near future? Yes. So as a new museum, of course, um, since we just opened, we're, we're focused on the here and now and getting that word out, especially as people start to venture back out and get comfortable with uh, public spaces. So we, we are heavily encouraging visitors to come out and experience the, the museum experience as, an, as a new tourist destination, and, and we can't wait to welcome your visitors. But uh, just like the Army, the museum's always looking forward and, and planning for the future. <laughs> and the museum's foundation, the Army Historical Foundation, they are a robust component to that fundraising arm in support of the museum. And that will remain evergreen to always allow for continued growth over time. And so we see that as a constant thread and as, as part of our partnership to support the museum and the Army family, the foundation will always continue with those efforts. And you can learn more about our fundraising efforts. They vary. We have a, a, a very strong major giving program. And then all those other great individual giving and recognition opportunities, you can find those at armyhistory.org which is a different website than the museum's website, and it kind of dives a little bit deeper 
into some of those expansion and growth plans. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about funding because I'd like to know, is it all private donation or is it government involved too? And how about the Army itself? Hi, Dan, this is Susan again. So I can tell you the National Army Museum was a joint, is a joint endeavor. Um, the Army Historical Foundation raised private funds to construct the building, so the structure itself, and then the U.S. Army contributed the land, the roads, utilities, and everything needed uh, to transform a building into a national museum. So like we talked about before as well, the, exhib uh, the artifacts and the exhibits. Um, the museum is owned and operated by the U.S. Army um, and supported by the Army Historical Foundation. Okay, thank you. And since this is a travel show, we need to know the best way to get there. Do people need to drive, or are there rail connections as well? So the museum is located in Virginia, but we're just outside Washington, D.C., and a great location because we're also right down the road from George Washington's Mount Vernon. So we're mm -hmm. an easy uh, just drive where you can reach us by car and bus, and we have Metro Rail that's not too far by, and we even have people who join us by bicycle. So there's a lot of ways to get here or a combination of, of a few, but it's pretty easy right off the Fairfax County Parkway, um, a pretty quick exit off 95, and we find that uh, a lot of times we're a great stop when you're on your way to another destination. It's a nice break when you're coming off the road, bathroom spot, and, and get a little Army history while you're at it. So. We're definitely at a nice um, spot in the D.C. metro area, but easily accessible and less traffic out this way. And, Dan, this is Susan. And, I'll and add in, there, too, that, that it's – I'm sorry. I was just – sorry about that. I just wanted to add in that, you know, in our part of Virginia, we talk a lot about, too, the history corridor. So there's a lot to see in, um, in this area and to combine with a visit to the National Army Museum um, if, you're, if you're a history buff and you're looking to further explore um, Virginia history, early American history, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to do a nod to our friends in the U.S. Marine Corps. We are just about 20 to 25 minutes from um, the, the Marine Corps National Museum as well. Is there anything that we didn't ask that you would like to add? Well, I would like to maybe, this is Jamie, add to what Susan was just saying. Uh, we do like to show a, a kind of a consolidated front from a tourism point of view. Um, I think a lot of people come to the D.C. area and they're familiar with the, the mall and some common attractions. But one uh, area of interest that sometimes isn't, you know, expected would be outside of the Arlington area, if you go to Arlington Cemetery, you know, you can venture out into what some people consider the suburbs, and you can find a lot of historical sites and great museums and attractions. There's, um, you know, Mount Vernon's a more well-known destination, but not too far from the museum. We have a workhouse arts center, which um, has great veteran programming, and, and they're partners to the museum in advocating uh, military programming that's complementary to our museum. And as Susan mentioned with the Marine Corps Museum, we have a lot of peer history and military destinations. Um, and I think it's really unique because you could craft a really special military history itinerary for a special Veterans Day week or weekend. And, and you don't actually have to go very far. Uh, the hotels are affordable out this way. 
And we're a really nice sweet spot for a, a cultural variety. Great food, we have wineries, good museums. Um, it's, it's a one size fits all if you want to venture outside the traditional DC visit. Um, okay, and how can Travelers Radio listeners learn more about the National U.S. Army Museum? So, uh, Jamie, again, I would, of course, want to mention you could follow us on social media, so at U.S. Army Museum. And the museum's website, uh, which I haven't had a chance to mention, is uh, the NMUSA.org. That's where you can make your reservation for your visit. You can get additional information on the exhibits. And some of the foundation initiatives that I mentioned, the giving opportunities okay. and the okay. bricks. I'm sorry, I've got to cut you off. We're out of time. Our special guests tonight have been Susan Smullen and Jamie Eubens of the new National Museum of the United States Army. Thank you for being our guests. And next week on Travel Edge Radio on Veterans Day, we're going to do a special show on the USS Midway Museum with David Kuntz. Please join this veteran for a very special evening. Now, this is Dan Schlossberg, along with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, saying thank you for your time this time. Until next time, good night and stay safe. <laughs>